Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, how you doing today besides being busy, my friend? I'm doing well, and it's always good to be busy because it means there's interesting things happening. There is, and for the off-season, June, busy month uh, with recruiting. They've had visitors every weekend. I guess that's after next week. They get a little bit of a quiet period, them meaning the coaches at Penn State. Yeah, it's not going to be quiet for anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's when all the commitments are going to happen. We've got two that are already set up, which I know we're getting to later, but... uh... Yeah, it's going to be a busy week for people who – a busy month for people who follow recruiting. Last year, I believe there were 13 Penn State commits. You know what, T. Frank? In the biz, that's called a tease, right? We're going to get people to stick around for quarter number four. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> before we get there, we're going to do one of my uh, favorite things to discuss with T. Frank is – The technical aspects of the game, not just, okay, who's the player going to play and so on, but talking about the strategies, the positions, the theories behind some of the things that are going on. We're going to do that with T. Frank. And T. Frank, what prompted this was a couple weeks ago, you did an article about the wide receivers and essentially, I think, doing the not too big, not too small, but just right on yes. the size of the receivers. Um, what what did you mean by that, first of all? Let's start with that. Yeah, so I, I, I titled the article Penn State and the Goldilocks Receiver Revolution because it's exactly what you just described. It's finding, it's finding guys that can do everything because they've got the perfect body type for the modern game of football. And this is... You talk about the tactics, right? You talk about the things behind uh, the plays. What are we trying to accomplish? And those desired goals are what dictate the skills necessary on the football field, which then dictates what are you looking for? What skills? What players are you prioritizing? And um, just as a quick review, because this always ends up being like a history lesson, which is traditionally what everyone is used to is that you've got three different body types, essentially. You've got your primary X receiver, who is uh, Michael Irvin. I always think of him, because he had had a great line of like, I've got to fight a dude to go get the football. I've got to get into a fist fight to catch a football in the middle of the air with somebody trying to knock my head off. That guy, six foot two, six foot three, 225 pounds, big physical contested catch, lots of receptions. Then you've got your slot receiver, the obvious on the other side body type. Smaller, quicker, has to run uh, routes in multiple directions. So you're in the slot, you have what's called the two-way go. You can break either way in the middle of the football field. And then you have your other boundary receiver. Typically, again, over six feet tall, speed, more of a deep threat, those sort of things. Those are the basic stereotypes of receivers. But in modern football... The line is being blurred between your number one receiver and your slot receiver and your Z receiver because uh, the 
they've realized, offensive coordinators have realized, I can put any receiver anywhere I want for any reason. So finding guys that have the ability to play inside and outside, that's what's fueling this revolution of finding guys that have the ability to run routes in multiple directions from multiple angles from multiple positions. It gives you unpredictability. It gives you the ability to deploy your best receiver in the slot, and you might force the defense, depending on their rules, to match up their third worst corner against your best receiver if they don't have a pure slot corner. So it's about this evolution in the game that's happening that uh, is dictating the priority is shifting away from just finding the biggest, strongest, toughest dude with good speed towards precise speed, um, fluidity of movement. All those things are valued as receivers more than they were previously. Now, where there's obvious logic to that is having receivers who are able to do multiple things. I could line them up anywhere, and if I have multiple receivers that do that, I could interchange them yeah. any amount I want. Playing devil's advocate, though, the other side of that argument would seem to be, well, if all my receivers are built the same with those sim with the similar skill set, and I'll say, what is that, like six foot, six one, two hundred pounds? Is that what we're mm -hmm. talking about? So I talked to Taylor Stubblefield, the receivers coach, and he said, you know, that that sweet spot, if you want to call it that, and, and by the way, uh, well, I'll, I'll just answer that part. The sweet spot is like typically 5'11-ish to 6'1", about 200, 205 pounds. So, yes, that's that's the that's the mold that is kind of the new prototype if you look at the NFL and college. We're, I, again, playing devil's advocate, though. When you talk about moving the receivers around and you might create a mismatch, here's my best receiver now playing in the slot against the third-level cornerback on the opposing team. But do you lose out on that opportunity to create mismatches because I've got a receiver that's 6'4 and could go up and over people? I'll give the example. Penn State, you have Daquan Hardy. He's not the biggest guy in the world right. playing your slot cornerback. If I could somehow, if I could move a guy into that slot who's 6'4 he may not be the fastest guy in the world or the shiftiest, but if he's six four and I and the defender is five foot nine, there's my mismatch. Right, but you can also pay a, play a five eleven corner there, and if he can jump thirty seven inches in the air, then it's it's relatively the same thing. That what you're pointing out there is Daquan Hardy is small. You're not pointing out that yes. the receiver is big. You're pointing out that the corner is small. And here's the other thing. We're talking about averages. We're not talking about absolutes. And, and in the article, um, we point this out of Taylor Stubblefield says there's, there's no exact science here because if a guy can run and he can run routes, I don't care if he's 6'5 or if he's 5'10". If he can play big as if he's small, take Parker Washington, he's got a great vertical, great body control. He's got a long frame for 5'10". So he is a contested catch. He was the best contested catch player on the roster last year. And and he's the smallest receiver. Malik Mega does not, so far, have a profile of a guy that's going to go moss people. He hasn't jumped over anyone to catch a bunch of contested catches. He's a speed receiver as of now. Now, we can learn more about him in the future, but that's it's kind of like how do you play and what's the average what's averaging out and this is the point is that Penn State went from previously 
uh, and, and this is a, a kind of the canary in the coal mine for all of football, whether it's NFL or college, Penn State used to have a clear distinction between slot receivers, 5'10", 5'9", uh, Brandon Polk being 5'8", and boundary receivers, Saeed Blacknall. Uh, I would even, again, Chris Godwin was 6'1", but he was 200 pounds, and he played like a big-bodied receiver. Uh, you had a bunch of other guys like uh, Jawan Johnson, these uh, Irv Charles, um, the kid that transferred to Florida, the, uh, Justin Shorter. 6364, these guys that are huge, that are big physical mismatches. And now the averages are they're all about 5'11 to 6'1. And they all have this relatively similar profile. And the, the bonus of that is that you don't have to say, okay, take Malik Mega, for example. He's only an X receiver, he can only play on that side of the football. Or um, uh, Mitchell Tinsley. So Parker Washington didn't play a lot this spring, didn't play in the blue-white game. Mitchell Tinsley is a, is a classic boundary receiver at Western Kentucky, but he runs the best routes. He's 6'1". He played slot receiver in lieu, of, uh, in lieu of Parker Washington. So this versatility means not only do you have more depth on the roster, but you can play them in more positions so more guys have the opportunity to contribute because they're not stuck behind somebody. This is all, again, just to, to back up and say, these are all on average. I think Penn State still has like, okay, he's mostly here. Keandre Lambert-Smith is mostly going to play this position, but he can play these other ones, and we can, through formation and motion, put him in the slot, and then he can run routes from inside the formation. So these are all, you know, kind of concepts. They're not hard and fast rules, which is always the yeah, but, right? So there's always the yeah, but of, well, I need a guy that's 6'4". Those guys are still valuable. It's not saying that you won't take those guys, but the skills you're looking for have shifted from size first to speed and route running because in the NFL especially, they've taken away the ability for the defensive backs to contact and play with physicality down the field with the 10-yard uh, pass interference rules. So speed has opened up the game at that level and on the college football level. So if I understand this correctly, it sounds like it's more about uh, the player's skill set, their capabilities, and it just so happens that those capabilities happen more often with a guy who's six foot than a guy who's six foot five. But if right. I could find the six foot five guy who's quick, fast, could run great routes, um, and, and do Shit. all those things and have that same versatility, but he also happens to be six five, hey, so be it. By the yeah, way, that's not... the unicorn, right? That's the five star. Exactly. That's you're you're not turning down Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones. You're gonna have those guys on your roster. But there's another thing too of this I think this idea going back to the law of averages. There are more six foot one people in the world. There are more people that are six feet tall. So the ability to find somebody who can and, and this is this is kind of you say it's about the skill set. It was about the skill set before, but the skill set was size. The skill set was muscle mass and density of you know your ability to fight off defenders. Now it's about speed and precision and your ability to turn quickly in in short areas. It's easier to do that when you don't have a, a large frame. You can lower your center of gravity. You can make good cuts and run good routes and gain separation, which in an RPO and play-action world means if you beat a guy one-on-one, -on -one, you can take it the distance if you're fast enough into space. So finding guys that do that is the priority or is the goal. If you look at Ohio State, they'll have some guys that are 6'2". They'll have some guys that have big frames. 
But if you look at the majority of them, they're 6-1. They're all super fast. They get downfield in a hurry. They run really good routes. They're violently explosive in short areas, and they create serious problems because of their speed. That's how their offense operates, with this deep passing game that puts stress on your defense down the field. That is kind of the new norm. If you look at Alabama, same thing. They are recruiting track athletes with blazing speed to take advantage of the rules in football. And with that said, what you also have at Alabama and at Ohio State is they are getting the cream of the crop. They are getting those four and five star guys. Uh, Just this week, I guess Ohio State got another five star receiver. And when you are when you're getting that kind of level of receiver, he's got all those skills. Okay, that's it for quarter number one. Great explanation, T. Frank. Next quarter, we're going to talk about the tight ends. Stick around for that. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State-Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion's soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 